What's up, what's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited you joined me today because we have a very special guest. Today, we have Bryce Henson joining us on the show. Bryce is the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, the world's fastest-growing fitness bootcamp franchise, having over 10-plus years of experience in the fitness industry and owning two FBBC locations. His... <laughs> In his passion is spreading fitness to the world in addition to mentoring fitness professionals on how to grow their businesses and change more lives in the local communities. He enjoys travel and is a fitness expert and a coach and an author and an inspirational leader. Guys, we're so lucky to have him here. I can't wait to introduce him to you. I can't wait for him to tell you his story and for us to glean as much as we can from his experience. Let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Bryce, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Michael, my man, holy smokes. I appreciate the energy, not only the introduction, making me sound better than I probably am, but man, <laughs> that intro scissorial. I'm excited to be here. So I want to thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I love doing this and I love being able to get in and share your story share with everybody the cool stuff you're up to and you are doing some cool stuff but before we get to all the cool stuff you're doing currently we have to start with the backstory because it's never a straight line it's never from point a to point b that's what we think that's what we draw it on paper and then we start going and it's never looking like that so talk to us a little bit about the backstory let's go back and let's start like early on from the beginning because you got you got some interesting stories there yeah, interestingly enough. So many times when I talk about the backstory, I usually talk about my fitness journey and how I got involved, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and fitness business owner, which we certainly can go there. But I always like to share my origin story uh, because I think there's a lot of golden nuggets and takeaways that I learned and certainly can pass that on to you and your audience. Um, and let's face it, we all go through trials and tribulations. So, you know, maybe some of your audience can relate, uh, can relate directly to some of the things I'm about to share, but maybe um, indirectly. But regardless, we all go through our trials and tribulations. And for me, um, while I typically say I'm from the Midwest, which I grew up about 10 years in the state of Michigan, that would be true. Uh, my first 10 years actually were spent in Atlanta, Georgia, a suburb. And um, my parents, uh, my mom was just an absolute angel, the sweetest salt of the earth lady. And she just wanted a family and a positive upbringing. And unfortunately, uh, she just picked the wrong guy. And uh, my father was a drug addict. He was addicted to alcohol and gambling, not necessarily the trifecta for a good family upbringing. And, uh, you know, the first 10 years or so of my life were, were very volatile in terms of arguments and, you know, volatility and uncertainty. Um, but most of the time, Michael, um, it was a verbal kind of exchange and, and right. verbal challenge, if you will. But 
Unfortunately, one weekend things got violent. And uh, my dad, as the story goes, after uh, a weekend bender, uh, losing thousands of dollars um, at that time, which is a lot of money for us, um, came back. And uh, my mother was not too happy with that particular behavior. And some uh, choice words got exchanged. But this time it was different. Uh, my dad was into intoxicated. Before you knew it, my mom was, uh, you know, kind of running, escaping his grasp and, and found herself on the bed um, with my father's hands over uh, her choking, strangling for her life. And by the grace of God, uh, my little sister distracted her. Um, his, uh, she slipped his grip and like a bat out of hell ran out of that house uh, running for her life. And uh, ultimately, like the blink of an eye, my life changed. And it was challenging at first. And I always like to say, it was a blessing described as a, uh, as, a, as a tragedy because, you know, being eight, nine years old and having your world turned upside down the next, you know, 24 hours, I was on a flight to uh, Michigan with my brother. Um, and the following, I would say 10 years were really challenging. Uh, my mom was out of the workforce for about 15 years. So she didn't have professional skills. She just was a stay at home mom. Uh, she ended up getting some se secretary work. Um, and while the Midwest definitely has a a nicer cost of living than Southern California, where I where I currently live. Um, you know, making five dollars an hour, raising three kids. You know, we ran out of money before we ran out of month. Uh, but really, right. to put a bow on this, Michael, and because I think there's some good takeaways, it taught me a few things. Number one, it taught me the value of relationships and the value of family. And you know, seeing my mother, you know, kind of go full all in, taking care of her kids, doing the best she could, really, you know, showed me the value of family. It also showed me the value of work ethic uh, because, you know, it was a challenging situation, but my mom rolled up her sleeves and she did everything she possibly could to put us in a better situation. Thankfully, I had our grandmother and some extended family support, um, but that was really, you know, a, a good blessing there, a good learning lesson, I should say. And the last one for sure, which is definitely very much relatable to every single person listening to the show who's interested in business and entrepreneur is resiliency. At the end of the day, life is going to hit you hard, but it's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward in the, in the famous words of Rocky. Uh, but it's so true. And I think that resilient mindset, that relentless mindset was developed at a very young age. And that really carried with me to who I am today. So I guess that's the, the real deep origin story uh, to kick us off for today. Holy cow. I mean, what a, what a journey. I mean, we always talk about this fact that, that, going down this line of being an entrepreneur and and being a business owner can be challenging sometimes it feels like we're so alone and i kind of wanted to glean a little bit out of your story there and point out that that your mother did it uh you know she did it and in her own way and the way she knew how to do it she had that entrepreneurial spirit regardless of of her taking a job or being an employee uh, in the beginning, she had to be resilient. She had to take that first step and, and it clearly passed on to you guys, to you as a, a son and it's easily carried over. And it's, it's really cool to kind of see those, those uh, correlations. I'm curious, like, did you, did you feel like you were an entrepreneur from the get-go? Like, did you feel like, gosh, I have to do something different? Or was that something that kind of came along the way where you, where you started feeling like, gosh, I got to do my own thing? Actually, a little bit of both. Um, I always thought from a young age, I had this like feeling, if it has to be, it's up to me. And kind of this idea of taking the bull by the horns and really taking control of my own destiny, whether it be from a familial perspective or financial perspective. So I think that always I felt that. Now, 
Did I fully know I was going to be an entrepreneur, business owner, CEO of a company? No, I didn't know that exact path. Um, but that really started to come clear to me when I was 21, actually. Wow. Uh, and I just graduated from Michigan State. And I read the, uh, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which oh, yeah. um, I'm sure you've uh, read in many of your audience as well. And reading that book was actually a book on accounting. It's a, a book on leadership and salesmanship. Um, there's a lot of lessons there. But for me, it was the first time I remember listening to the story about his actually rich dad, who his rich dad was um, graduated from eighth grade, didn't have a high school education, but you know he was smart in sales. He was smart in accounting, smart, smart in business, gen uh, general business acumen. And he walked into the boardroom one day and all these people smarter than him were at his beck and call. And that was kind of like the first time I romanticized about, okay, I've had these feelings of charting my own path, but really that's actually what the path could look like. Uh, so that was probably the big defining moment in my life to really kind of make that switch to be, hey, I had these feelings, but you know what? I actually want to be an entrepreneur at one point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to dig into that piece of it. I mean, obviously, you know, you dug into starting a business. Was this uh, what you're doing now? Is this the first business that you started or was this, uh, you know, number two or 10 or 15 down the line? Well, I've launched uh, quite a few vi uh, businesses, more in all, all in the fitness space, actually. Um, I got my start um, after I graduated from school, moved to Southern California in the sales industry. And uh, that really laid down the foundation, probably for my uh, one of the most valuable skill sets or high income skill sets uh, that a business entrepreneur and any leader needs to know, and any CEO of a company needs to learn. Um, but um, a few years later, once I went through my fitness transformation, is really when I had this aha moment that, wow. Um, I was not fit guy. I went through this transformation, but I can actually give this gift of fit, fitness back to others. So that was really the kind of the catalyst then to give me the desire to launch my first fitness business. And while I'm the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, I'm not the founder. Um, the founder's name is Bedros Koulian, who's a business mentor, business partner of mine. And he launched the, the business in 2008, 2009, just after the Great Recession. So for me, I joined actually in the first year of franchising because uh, initially the business was started as, as a licensee program. Um, and in 2012, uh, we franchised it. So I was one of the first franchise partners um, in the entire brand. So I came in charging in, opened one location in 2012, then another in 2014. I ended up scaling to a handful of locations within the first uh, six years of my business ownership experience. Um, and that was the foundation that ultimately led to a deeper relationship with our founder, which then I became the vice president of uh, our franchise uh, as recruited uh, by Bedros Koulian is his name, and then eventually became the CEO. So a lot of kind of entrepreneur kind of moments in there, but um, I would say uh, this has been the first, you know, business um, Fit Body Bootcamp that I've, I've ran, but it started actually in a very different form as, as me being a franchise partner. Wow. I, I love that starting point because I think a lot of times people think that, and especially business owners, entrepreneurs, they think that there's some glamour in bootstrapping the whole thing. But I think there's a lot of people that have grasped that there's a franchise possibility and that that could be a great route. Talk to me about the ups and downs of of starting into a franchise and, and being able to do it because it sounds like you had some really great success and you were able to keep uh, bringing some online. So what was that like? 
Yeah, well, I think what I heard from you, Michael, was like, okay, what's the value? Why sync yourself up with a franchise system versus you know going on your own? And some talking points there. For me, uh, like I mentioned, the first ten years of my business or my I guess professional work uh, experience, actually not quite ten, but about eight years, was de- dedicated to the sales uh, industry, and sure. that was such a very valuable skill set that has really served me to this day. So I would strongly recommend anyone listening to this who's not a business owner yet learn how to sell and learn how to lead before you charge, you know, start charging in. And I think I had that foundational experience in sales that really helped me. But, you know, Michael, uh, the problem uh, with business ownership compared to just being, you know, isolated in one specific department is when you're a salesperson, you need to convert that lead that your marketing department deliver, uh, marketing department delivers to you. You need to convert them to a client, a paying client. That's the role of a salesperson. Great. That's a very invaluable skill. The problem is, though, when you're a business owner, not only do you have to convert that lead, you have to make the phone ring to actually generate that lead. <laughs> then you got to run the operations. Then you got to run the leadership and the training. Then you got to run the HR and the finance. So it's a whole nother beast because you know you're con- you're controlling and responsible for the whole operation. Uh, so for me, why I made that leap of faith in 2012 to partner with a franchise system is because I learned the sales, I learned the uh, how to sell, but I didn't know how to market, I didn't know how to lead, I didn't know how to run operations, and I didn't know, know too much about finance and accounting and HR. So for me, it was a soft landing to really allow me to execute on the the skill set that's very very valuable the sales uh, salesmanship, but also to get some support, you know, the other aspects of the business. And for me, it was a little bit of like a training wheels type of, uh, of program or system. And for me, you know, learning the first five years with that support, and we like to say at Fit Body Bootcamp, you're our franchise partners, they're in business for themselves, but not by themselves. And for me, that's a great, you know, um, way to express the value that I achieved or uh, received, I should say, in the very beginning part of my journey. And then until it got me to the point where then I could learn how to basically run a whole operation and then be more qualified to actually become a CEO of the entire fitness brand. That's a, that's so cool to hear about how you progressed through that. I'd like to dig into a little bit more of that progression because a lot of times, like let's say if someone's bootstrapping their own company, a lot of times their chief, uh, you know, chief salesperson, chief uh, cleaning the windows person, chief take out the trash, you know, they, they've got to do everything. And, and just like you said, sometimes you're thrown into all of that stuff and you're just trying to figure out how to make it through. When you took on the franchise, you, you did have that help. And so what do you feel like was the, the big change from just being in the sales side of it? Like what was the biggest thing that you learned moving into that ownership perspective from that sales perspective? I think for me, it was actually the skill of leadership. And I think a few moments ago, I said, you know, you need to learn sales and leadership and marketing. I mean, that's a lot to, to be able to launch a business. I would say sure. learning at least one skill set very well will help complement that effort. Yeah. Uh, but for me, while I learned the salesmanship prior, I was confident going into my business ownership that, you know, once a lead was attracted to me, I could convert them to a client. I was not confident I could actually, you know, generate that lead. I was not confident I could fulfill that lead. Uh, so for me, the biggest aha moment I had uh, was the realization that I actually have to get good at leadership and leading people. Because when I first launched the business, um, I was able to, with the franchise support, be able to execute all these tasks. But then the good news is the business started to grow. So I was the one man show in the sense I was, you know, uh, generating leads. I was also generating the sales, but I was also coaching. So I'm the fitness business. So I was coaching all of our sessions, you know, building relationship with clients. And the good news is my business started to grow. 
So then I realized, oh, you know what? I need to actually hire on some people to help support right. me. So I hired on some coaches. But what I really learned very, very quickly, and it was because I lacked strong leadership skills, when I set the direction or make an ask, my team would not execute with the same vigor, the same enthusiasm that I did. And what I realized is there's something lacking here um, because while I can perform the task from a coaching and operations role, I'm clearly not being able to get the best out of my people. So for me, the biggest aha in the whole you know, my business acumen, you know, journey was really developing that second skill, which is mission critical for any business uh, owner and any entrepreneur is to learn how to lead. And it starts first, Michael, with leading yourself. If you can't lead yourself, if you can't, you know, have impulse control and have a clear vision and take action against your vision without having someone hold you accountable, you're going to have a hard time in life in general, but certainly being a business owner when all the responsibilities on you um, but once you can start leading yourself, then you can start acquiring skill sets to lead others. And I guess to finish this off, the the other big aha, which I really learned over the last probably handful of years, is instead of trying to, you know, at from a uh, tactical perspective, always trying to kind of learn this skill and that skill, it's important, but really from a leadership perspective, the best way to become a great leader is to become and grow yourself as a person, become a person who other people want to follow, work on your integrity, work on your character, you know, get good at telling the truth, get good at giving feedback. And those are all things that I had to acquire. That was a hard, hard, rude awakening, uh, but really uh, has benefited me so well in the last 10 years. Oh my gosh. When along the way you, so you opened the first franchise and you, and you mentioned earlier that you had opened a number of them afterwards before you started moving up into the higher uh, positions within the entire franchise. But what was it that indicated to you that, okay, I need to open another location. I need to get another one of these franchises and, and start going on that path. Like how did you determine that you were in the right space to, to add another one on top of what you already had? Michael, that's an incredible question. And I'm going to tell him myself here a little bit because it was a bit of a green moment at the time. But I think, you know, to, to my credit, I always have had this growth mindset, you know, and I've always felt that I'm, I'm meant for something more. And I know, Michael, you and your audience here is probably feeling the same thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be tapped into an awesome podcast, an awesome educational piece of content like this. So for me, that kind of burning desire to grow, to um, expand, to add more value. And of course, I'm very purpose-driven as well, in addition to being very financial dri financially driven, because fitness had a huge impact for me. So I realized if I don't grow, if I don't expand, I'm doing myself, my family, my team, my clients a disservice. So that was really kind of where the burning desire came from. But as I mentioned earlier uh, in my dialogue, I'm going to tell myself, you know, very candidly looking back, I opened that second location way too soon. Um, <laughs> I didn't have all my systems and processes dialed in. And there was a family dynamic that I was actually trying to help a family member. Um, you know, my mom reached out to me and she saw the success in the business. So there was a bit of a situational circumstance that led me to probably taking that action before I probably would even if it was on my own accord. But long story short, I think that's a great learning lesson. Um, especially if you're in the, a business owner and you're looking to expand to a multiple locations or franchise your business system or whatever the case may be, you need to make sure that you have your house in order. You need to make sure that you're, you know, you, this, in our case at Fitbody Bootcamp, we have six departments. We have our sales department, marketing department, operations, finance, HR, accounting. You need to make sure that you have strong leadership across the board, um, that your systems are completely dialed in uh, before you take that next step to really um, expand. Because really on the, on the other side of the coin, expanding creates a little bit more vulnerability, especially if your your ship is not fully, fully dialed in before you do that. Now that said, I'm not encouraging you to, 
you know, take the wait and see approach and, you know, be over analytical and, and, and kind of fall into that trap either. Um, but the learning lesson for me looking back is I probably needed to sell another 12 or 18 months before my operations were fully dialed in to launch that second locations. But the good news is uh, I have a strong work ethic, a strong passion. I was able to figure it out and I'm a better man for it. Oh, man. I, I can only imagine, you know, and and I love the forward vision and I love the uh, what you're talking to us about in terms of being able to just see that big picture and and the willingness to jump. I think that I think that a lot of times a lot of the entrepreneurs I speak with have that vision and they have this this desire to create something bigger. But there's so many people around us that are oftentimes like holding us back, crab in the bucket sort of theory. And, and they're going, no, don't do that. That's a little too soon or that's a little too big or a little too much. Shouldn't you just do this? Um, did you have any of that along the way or were you, did you, had Ooh. you isolated yourself away from that? Ooh, incredible question, Michael. Um, I was actually just on a podcast uh, kind of dialoguing the same response. Now, the good news is once I started my entrepreneur endeavor, especially, you know, with the support of our franchise at Fit Body Bootcamp, I was able to surround myself with, you know, like-minded people that wanted more growth, that wanted more life. So once I started that endeavor, I really already had this big mental shift. And I also was, you know, surrounded with the right network, which is a huge win. But actually this, to back that story up and humbling myself, uh, I had a big aha moment. So in 2008, um, I always was very attracted to the culture of Brazil. I was a soccer fan growing up and they've won five world cups and i would like the carnival and the samba when i was a little kid my grandma used to uh, you know show that during mardi gras so i was always attracted to brazil for whatever reason and and uh in the summer or well, i guess their summer in our winter in december of 2008 i decided to make this you know awesome travel a uh, two-week journey both to brazil and argentina and i went with a few buddies that were very positive and uplifting and i had this magical experience it was like you know if you if you're listening to this right now and you've traveled somewhere that's really stretched you you know exactly what you mean you look at the world in a different way. But really what happened, Michael, is after that travel, I went home and I went back to Southern California and I realized, you know, I had this new and vigor to live in another country, learn another language, which I ended up moving back to Brazil for two years from the years of 2010 to 2012. Wow. So I speak Brazilian Portuguese fluently. It's been 13 years in the making. My wife's uh, Brazilian. So it's been a, a very serendipitous situation. But really the point I'm trying to make is when I got back from that travel, I was invigorated. I kind of saw the light. I had a change in paradigm shift. But then I realized I looked around and I had the crab in the bucket mentality. Like my friends and my peer group didn't have the same ambitions, didn't have the same level of support, didn't want to be business owners. And really, and I love business owners because really business ownership and entrepreneurship, it's a personal development program wrapped up into a business. Sure. And because, you know, my, my peers didn't have that mindset, it became very clear to me that um, either number one, I was going to continue on that path and probably lead a mediocre life, nothing probably tragic. However, it wasn't going to be the path that was really going to lift me up and allow me to achieve my dream. So that was option one. And I realized that, you know, Hey, if I'm going to live a, a life well lived from my perspective, then I need to level up. I need to put myself in, in different surroundings. And, um, I decided on that second path and it's made all the difference. Wow. I, uh, I admire the, the travel side of it, but, uh, you know, I can, I can, I can guarantee you there are listeners right now that are going, oh man, yeah, the the whole holding, holding me back or other people saying not to, not to chase this vision uh, of what they could create. I loved in your bio and in my first introduction to you, how you 
talked about not only helping fitness professionals uh, to grow their business, but how to change more lives in their local communities. And I love the connection between those two things because it's just, it's such a greater purpose. I'd like you to talk to us a little bit more about that and about, about what it's like to help these businesses, uh, these professionals, not just grow their monetary side, but also helping the communities doing what you do. Yeah. Well, I think it, for me, I mean, it's, um, it's a dual sided approach where we're able to help our global clients with their fitness and fat loss. And our mission at Fit Body Bootcamp globally is to inspire fitness and change lives every day. And way more than a tagline. I mean, this is this is our life's work and we're really, you know, passionate about it. And I give a keynote um, you know, on the on the speaking circuit that I'm on, um, called the three P's pain, passion, and purpose. And I'm really of the strong belief. And even the story that I shared with you, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, you lived in a, a trailer park and your dad was an alcoholic. He was addicted to drugs and gambling. Like, poor you. I'm like, poor me? No way. That's actually my superpower. That pain actually developed a passion to be a better person. And looking back, Michael, if I'm being candid, and I didn't really uh, you know, come to this realization for quite some time, but I think my life's purpose is to really be that person, develop to that man that I needed, I wanted when I was younger. So if anything, it was actually a blessing disguised as a tragedy. And the same with me in fitness. You know, when I first moved to Southern California, I was not fit. Um, I was 20 pounds overweight, you know, very little muscle mass on my body. I didn't have the energy, the enthusiasm, the vibrancy. And then fortuitous situation happened where a first fit fitness mentor, you know, came into my life and taught me about lifting weights and circuit training and clean eating and most importantly, coaching and accountability. So when I went through that transformation, yes, I got the physique I was looking for. I stripped 20 pounds of body fat. I put 20 pounds of lean muscle on. You know, I got these uh, the the physique, but really more than anything, it created this energy, this confidence, this vibrancy that I carry with me to this day. So for me, going through that pain developed into a passion, and now it's developed to a purpose. So you know, it's very very easy for myself and my team, who all have varying you know uh, stories with fitness, to really pour into our local communities, pour into the fitness side of things, because again, fitness um, and having, you know, being good shape is just the tip of the iceberg. It's really the person you become. So I start there because that's really what this, you know, is all, all about from our organizational perspective. And then, you know, over the course of years, what I've realized, especially having success in the fit body bootcamp model, talking, you know, to about supporting other franchise partners, what I've learned is, you know, while I had a lot of success in the grand scheme of things, I had trials, I had tribulations, Michael, I'd be lying to you in the first, you know, 24 months of my business. If I didn't look back and say a few times, what, what did I get myself into? Uh, so, you know, having that pain and that, uh, that uncertainty, um, especially in the, the early days of like, you know, how I was going to make rent, how I was going to make payroll um, was really challenging. So that pain developed into a passion and purpose to help other franchise partners uh, and business owners, you know, uh, in their endeavors. So that's kind of the framework that I operate off of. And that's really where the passion, you know, to serve comes from. You know, the, I really related and connected to that uh, about, a year and a half ago, I got really, really sick and I don't get sick. I, I'm a very healthy uh, person, but I got really sick and I was down for about a month. It wasn't Ooh. COVID. It wasn't any of those things. The doctors didn't even really know. They're like, just get some rest and good luck and didn't really have a clue, but wow. I was down for the count. And after that, I was like, okay, that's just silly and typically very healthy, former professional ballroom dancer. And I was like, okay, that's the end of that. I'm going to now set a goal to work out every day for a year. 
I just want to see if I can make it for the first time. I mean, being a professional dancer, you'd think that was a thing. No, we didn't really consider that a thing. We just, we were athletes. We just did what we did. But for the first time I worked out for a year straight, didn't miss, didn't miss at all. And, uh, and it changed my perspective hugely. And I want to talk a little bit about that pain element of the three P's that you talked about, because what I recognized was that in the beginning, there was just, uh, there was so much battle going on in my mind, so much battle about the pain, about the pain of that, that push up, or about the pain of, Hey, you know, I started with 10 and by the end of the year, I was at 150 per rep. And it was like, okay, so how do you get through that pain? How do you, how do you fight through that discipline? Because I think it applies on the level of business and relationships and the level of your physical health. But like, how do you teach people to, to get through that on a number of different levels? Because obviously in, in the fitness side, it helps a lot. But, but talk a little bit more about that pain side of things. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of like fear, um, pain, you know, certainly has its big disadvantages, but it also can be a huge, huge motivator. And in fact, I'm very convinced that some of the most successful people in life, you know, have this, you know, fear of failure. So they work so hard because they want to avoid that pain. So it actually can be a huge, huge driver if, you know, channeled in the right way. Um, and for me, you know, uh, I talked a little bit about my fitness journey that the, it sounds so trivial now when I look back, but it's so true. Um, you know, we are tribal beings. We care what other people think, no matter how you know much we try not to. That's just the way we've been, you know, kind of groomed and evolved with time. And uh, I was 21 years young, just moved to Southern California. And one of my buddies, we were at a pool party with a bunch of girls and, you know, uh, other young people. And I wasn't fit at the time. You know, I wasn't statistically obese. However, you know, I, I was soft around the edges. I didn't have a developed chest. And my buddy was giving up me a hard time like some guys do. And he's like, Bryce, and he like shouts it. Like, it looks like you have islands for nipples. And nowadays, I, like I look back and it's so funny. I was like, I don't even know fully what he meant, but what I gather from it, it just meant that I didn't have a developed chest, but literally like a lightning ball through my body, I just felt this sharp burst of pain, of embarrassment and shame. And I thought to myself, like, I never want to feel like that again. Now, long-term, that's not what sustained my fitness. It's the energy, the enthusiasm, the quality of life that I've had. But short-term, I was able to harness that pain. And very shortly thereafter, I was able to hire my first fitness mentor. So, you know, I think, you know, that you can use it to your advantage. Um, the last thing, you know, that I want to, uh, you know, touch upon is the fact of the matter is, is no matter what, you're going to go through pain. Life is about happiness. It's about joy. It's about suffering. Like all the emotions that we face as humans, we're just emotional beings. We're going to go through pain. And what I teach, teach my fitness clients is it's painful to be overweight. It's painful to be in shape. At the end of the day, pick your pain, pick your heart, because you're going to experience, you know, either way. So if you, if you're in shape, the pain is getting up early and, you know, putting yourself through that physical, you know, regimen, that's painful. But at the end of the day, you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to have more confidence. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have a better quality of life. But you still have to go through pain. Now, the opposite is also true in the other way. 
you know, when, you know, someone's obese and I'm not throwing daggers, just, you know, in fact, there's a lot of complications, both from physically, um, but also to psychologically depression, all that my heart goes out. This is why we're in a huge passion, you know, to, uh, help overcome the obesity that epidemic. But at the end of the day, it's easy on the front end to basically hit the snooze button and then not to work out and to, you know, pick up that ice cream instead of a chicken salad. That's easy at first. However, at the back end, it's painful. You know, to, to be obese um, in, you know, studies, you talked about COVID, over 80% of the population that were severely impacted or hospitalized or tragically passed away were statistically obese because when someone's obese, your organs have to work so much harder just to keep you alive at a steady state. Okay, not, not to talk about the pain of depression and self-doubt. So at the end of the day, either option you choose, you're going to have to have pain. So I think it's coming to that realization and then picking the option where typically speaking, if you pick, choose, or excuse me, if you choose or pick pain first, you typically are going to achieve pleasure on the back end. And the opposite is also true. Nice. I love that. I want to dig in just a little bit to your experience as a CEO now and what it's like in difference from being the owner of each of your franchises and now having to uh, guide the, the entire ship. Uh, what's it been like to be the CEO? What kind of challenges are there? What's been great about it? Yeah, thank you for that, Michael. Um, well, certainly the CEO has a nice ring to it. You know, it has a lot comes with a lot of accolades and you know sexiness and 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 all that, which is true, right? There's definitely a big benefit there. At the same token, though, um, it's kind of looking at that person who's like super dialed in, you know, they're a fitness athlete and they have 6% body fat and they have this like the perfect physique. You look at that. That's incredible. There's a lot of like advantage to that, but there's also a lot of challenge and trials and tribulation actually to get that physique. And it's the same with, you know, a CEO, um, a president, you know, any um, position that has a lot of responsibility. Um, it's heavy. You know, that's the, the reality of the situation. When you realize that Everything is my fault. Everything <laughs> is my fault. If there is a, a franchise partner that's delivering a bad workout today, guess what? I can be held responsible for that. That responsibility ties to me because I could have developed a better training module, developed a better team of coach, business coaches at, at Fit Body Bootcamp or our headquarters, developed a better system for launching and coaching our owners. So at the end of the day, um, what you have to realize for, of being a CEO is you take all the responsibility in the endeavor. And that can be heavy. And that is heavy. And I'll be lying to you say if I said it's all sunshines and rainbows. I mean, have dark days and doubts and thinking to myself, man, this is heavier. This is harder than I thought. And actually, I think that's probably the way I'll finish this particular thought. It's it's a lot harder than I thought going in. And I knew it was going to be challenging, you know, when our founder made that offer to me because of the weight, the responsibility, everything's on the shoulder. And what, what I like to refer to this is the burden of leadership. Uh, and any leader out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have a burden of leadership for your following, for your clients, and that's heavy. Um, but the value in that, just like lifting weights, you know, when the first time you pick up that weight, it's heavy, it hurts, it's painful but your muscle fibers become stronger. You become better, you become leaner. And I think that's my story um, over the last 24 months, you know, really gaining full responsibility of this organization. It's been way harder than I thought. It's also been way more fulfilling than I thought as well. Um, but that's just the price that you gotta pay. Oh yeah, for sure. I love, and I don't know if our listeners can hear it yet, but I'm gonna point it out. I love the passion behind how you guys take care of your franchisee owners and the 
uh, onus that you take upon yourself for them because there's these horror stories of franchises out there where they get into a franchise and they're just left to their own demise. And it sounds from what we've talked about today, you can hear how you guys take care of your people and of your owners and the people that are, are going out. And it, it shines through from statements like we help them change people's lives in our community. I just appreciate that so much. I'm, and, and I'd love you to talk to us just a little bit now as we, as we uh, wind down about your franchise and about the opportunities that might be there because uh, our business owners out there are always looking for opportunities. They're always looking for scenarios and situations that, hey, like that might be the right fit. And my hope would be that somebody out there is listening and going, oh man, these guys really care. Like they really, really do care. So tell us a little bit more about the franchise and about what it would be like to be able to get in and do something with you guys. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, it starts with passion. And the fact is we have an incredible team at HQ and many of our teammates, you know, are not business owners or franchise partners, but we actually are very much owner led organization. We have our coaching and profitability team, um, which is our franchise business coaches. We call that team a cap team for short. They're composed of six of our most successful franchise partners um, that are just are passionate about helping others. It's kind of like that first fitness coach who was first obese at first, went through the whole transformation. And now they're so passionate about it because they've been where that person has been. Same with me. And that's the same, you know, that uh, qualities and characteristics um, that make up our franchise business coaching team. In fact, three of our leaders on our leadership team, myself, my brother Barrett, who owns a fit body location out in Michigan. He's our executive director of coaching and profitability. And our executive director of marketing is uh, named Joel Kokus, who's, you know, out in Canada, he owns three locations with his brother. So I share this with you just to show that you know, being owner led, we have skin in the game and it's easy to protect your own. We really talk about family. We talked about the fit body family more than a tagline. Like that's who we are. Um, we're a bunch of go-givers. So, you know, I want to start there. Um, in terms of, you know, the opportunity, our global vision is to inspire fitness and change lives every day. And I want to reinforce that point because that's who we are. That's the clients that we serve. But the unique part about being a franchise system is we're also able to look for and recruit, you know, business uh, people that have business acumen dreams of, you know, steering their own ship and taking back the control of their financial destiny um, through ownership through our franchise. So, you know, we're always looking for you know, growth-minded people, which is the first quality we look for. The second, you know, quality we look for is coachability. Um, is that person coachable? Just like our clients who are uh, the most coachable get the best results, the same with our franchise partners. And the last thing that we look for, which is probably the most important, is are they passionate about fitness and they passionate about people? Because our fitness is our product, but really um, people, uh, we are in the people business first and foremost. So those are the character qualities and characteristics that we look for. And, you know, in terms of, you know, our mission and where we're focused, uh, you know, uh, at headquarters, we are fully focused in our internal mission, supporting our franchise partners is to grow their income through impact. And it's just a really cool opportunity that blends both business ownership, financial freedom, all with a passion-based business to help people in their community. So for me, especially being passionate about fitness and business and leadership and fitness, um, it's a match made in heaven. And uh, to kind of put a bow on it, you know, we're primarily based in North uh, North America. Our franchise headquarters is in uh, near Los Angeles, California. We have 100 locations, about 90% in the U.S. and about 10% in Canada. And we're growing. We're growing fast. People, especially, you know, the effects of COVID going through that and, you know, a lot of learning lessons. And, you know, what we've seen over the last 12 months is people want to take back control of their health. And we're looking for partners that really, you know, want to do that, want to support their local communities and run a very profitable, 
profitable business in the process. Awesome. And I think you, uh, you, uh, sent over a link fitnessfranchisepodcast.com. I'd love to hear more about that and, and how our listeners or what they're going to hear if they go check it out. Totally. Well, I appreciate that. Um, we actually just rebranded the the podcast. It's called the Fitness CEO Podcast. That's the Fitness CEO Podcast. I'm the host of that. And really, I'm talking about fitness and uh, nutrition and coaching, but also you know, ma- mainly about business and ownership and mindset and personal growth. Because what we talked about earlier is we look for growth-minded people and Business ownership, entrepreneurship is a personal growth program wrapped up in a business model. Uh, so a lot of the content's focused around that. Um, and that's where you can find me uh, from a podcast perspective. And then I would love to continue to serve your audience, uh, you know, just on an ongoing basis, aside from the podcast, which is an incredible show. Um, and my handle on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, all that is real Bryce Henson, not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson. So that's where you can find me there. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Bryce. I I know we could talk for hours, but uh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming and sharing your journey and your passion. It is clear that you love what you do, and it's clear that you guys are making an incredible impact on those you are able to touch and get involved with. Guys, if you're interested at all, go check it out. Go check out what uh, Bryce has going and see if it's something that's great for you. Bryce, thank you so much for being on the show. Any last words for us as we as we head out? Michael, my friend, you are an incredible host, an amazing conversationalist. You made it so easy for me today. And I guess to finish out, friends, we have one shot at this life. One shot. What are you waiting for? Now is the time is my parting message. So I want to appreciate you, Michael, and thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Guys, we'll see you next time on the Business Choreography Podcast. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.